Welcome to another edition of Practitioner Radio, Pink Elephant's podcast for the IT management community. Practitioner Radio, Pink Elephants Podcast with the IT Management Community. Hey, it's Chris Dancy. We're on episode 52, and I'm with a newly minted vice president of innovation. Is that true? Research and product development. Research product. So you're like, you're the King Kamehameha of everything that's that's going to happen in two years. I guess so. I have to get out there and think big thoughts and deep thoughts and uh, come back with the answer of life. It's 42, by the way, right? <laughs> I, I, I knew I knew you when I, I, I this is practitioner radio and now has the uh, vice president of innovation product. I mean, gosh, that's, congratulations! I, I hate I hate the, uh, the the idea of writing that title out though. That that's not very compelling. No, especially on conference badges because it would run right over the edge. Speaking of conferences, by the time this show comes out, we have our 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 2013 year in review. But this is our last show of 2013. We got the Pink Conference coming up here in February very soon. I'm, I'm looking really forward to it, and I think you're going to give me a little treat today, aren't you? Well, kind of a kind of a taster for one of the sessions that I have there. But I wanted just to just to put a plug in for our live session because that's always popular. So Chris and I are going to be Monday morning. Was this year three? We're going to do PR live for breakfast. So. Join Chris and Toy for breakfast at Monday morning at Pink 14. Yes, it was so exciting last year. We actually had people taking pictures and things. And then I did my Oprah moment where I gave away books and then had to go back home and buy books and ship them to people. So, <laughs> And you get a book and you get a book. Make promises you can keep, right? Yeah, I can't give away anything more than books. So teaser. So we've got a paper that you guys are releasing that we're Pink's releasing. Um but you've got a session, and the session is? Well, the session title is actually Dev and Ops, Two Tribes Under One Flag. Mm. Uh, this paper that's coming out that'll be part of that session, but it'll also probably come out in a pink link coming up, is Dev and Ops, Defining Value from Two Sides of the Same Coin. Mm. Because it's really this yin and yang view, but I think there's more similarities than there are anything else. Well, people always say DevOps, and you, you, in your session title, you're pulling them apart. Well, because they are apart today, and that is the whole premise of the DevOps movement. It's, you know, just can't we all just get along and get back together, which is, by the way, the same thing ITSM says the other direction, but two different languages, and, you know, they kind of miss each other. We're kind of back to practitioner radio undercurrent theme number one, culture. <laughs> it's all about people. <laughs> yeah, it's all about people. So let's kick things off today. Uh, there's a parable about five blind men, isn't there? Yeah, I, I actually use this in the paper that'll come out, and we can maybe even use the synopsis in the blog and then the show notes. But the, the parable, it's a very old parable, an Indian India parable that says, you know, there's five blind men. And they're arguing, as they are apt to do on any given day in the sunshine, about, you know, what, how would you describe an elephant? So they get really frustrated with each other. And they say, pink. <laughs> uh, he's pink. Well, you know, what is pink to a blind man? But the reality yeah, is they're all certain they understand what this elephant is and how to describe it. So they all march down to find an elephant. They find one. Obviously, they're in India, so it's not too hard. And they all grab a part of the elephant and one grabs the ear and says, oh, it's obvious this elephant is like a fan, right? Another one grabs the big steady leg and says, ah, oh, you've got it all wrong. This elephant is like a tree. 
Another one is grabbing onto the tusk, and he says, well, no, the elephant obviously is like a spear. Of course, one poor guy's at the back end of the elephant. It's got the tail, and he says, no, this elephant's like a snake. You know, it's like, now the reality in the parable of this story is that, you know, who was right, right, Chris? It was, they all were. It was just, they were right from the perspective from which they were standing. And that is, in my view, how you can kind of look at the DevOps and ITSM seemingly dualistic goals and themes, but obviously, if you look at it a bit closer and look at both frameworks, there's some similarities or more than enough similarities to say they're actually looking at the same question from a different perspective. Hmm. So how would you say that ITSM is looking at it? Well, ITSM is looking at it from the perspective of value realization, okay? So service outcomes and what are they? And then how do I deliver uh, secure and reliable services that meet a fit-for-purpose level. So in the old conversation of security management, confidentiality, integrity, and availability, CIA. So that's this concept of give them what they want and make sure that it's fit-for-purpose and, it, and it's stable and reliable and it's not going to be shaky. Okay, this is service management. Uh, DevOps, on the other hand, is, is saying, well, yeah, but we need to do speed of value realization faster because we're just not... We're not being agile enough. We need to get shorter release cycles, more features out there to the organization. Uh, we have to do that quicker. Is that more the dev asking for the agility or the operations people saying, hey, we need to be more agile? No, dev, because their goal is time and money, right? Get as many features out as possible quickly because we've got a backlog waiting behind us and we haven't got to that yet. And they're, and rightly so, focusing on speed of value realization, and that's a big complaint today for IT in general. We're just dog slow and a dollar short, right? There's, or a dollar too much, actually. Mm. But the other side of that equation, DevOps has three key themes. That speed one, it gets all the media hype. But there's actually two others. One is we need a culture of collaboration. Development and operations are on one value chain, one partner network, and they need to work collectively against the common goals. Hey, Guess what? ITSM believes the same thing because service strategy, service design happens in pre-production or development space, right? Yep. right. Two-thirds of ITIL, if you think about it, including most of transition, happens pre-production, yep. not in the run side. So that's one thing. So we need this culture of collaboration. Uh, and the other is let's pull design requirements for operational stability earlier into the life cycle so that we can get these built into the upfront design concepts. And better yet, let's standardize them. And using cloud and runbook automation type orchestration software, we'll create scripts to basically provision, which is now what is now software-based infrastructure and software-based network environments, so that we have standardized provisioning for standardized infrastructure components, which are pre-approved. And so Bob's your uncle. We don't have to wait in line in this massive change release cycle. So we speed up this conversation of uh, rapid release cycles. Those are the other two pieces. I think to me, one of the things I've always thought was kind of profound about the two camps was just because you're you're looking at agility in a rapid release cycle doesn't mean you're you're negating governance or security or safety or or service value. 
It just means you want it done in a, in a, in, you know, and sometimes the uh, DevOps in what you read online will paint ITSM as being stodgy and old and ITSM will paint DevOps as reckless. And, and, and I don't think either one, I don't think ITSM is not agile. But what's the problem is, is that of the three DevOps themes, really it's the speed that's focused on and not the other two. Yeah. And in the ITSM side, it's the stability and reliability that's focused on and not the value generation activity. So both are rightly accused of maybe putting too much emphasis on the wrong side or at least extremely on their you know in different directions so for devops the three themes are speed okay rapid release so speed yep culture of collaboration yep. and pulling operational requirements earlier into life cycle and for itsm it's the stability i mean so they do align well yes because of that pulling operational requirements early into life cycle hmm. right so hmm. that where's that going to come from that actually has to come from IT service management and other frameworks like security and architecture, for example. Because where is that definition of, we'll call them non-functional requirements? So Dev wants to focus a lot on feature-based, and that's understandable because, you know, the customer says, I want this to do this, 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 and that. So most of it, it's feature-based, right? And in the paper that I'm writing, I use an analogy. Let's say you had a, a product that was like Swiss Army knife. More options, blades and tools, and you could throw you know, a stick at more than you'll ever practically use. But let's say it has all these options, but it arrives two weeks late for the birthday party it was meant to actually be used for. And I need a small pry bar to open about half a dozen of those blades. And the first time I use the can opener, it breaks like, a, you know, like glass. How do you feel about this product now? So the non-functional, which I would call the warranty elements, are as important for, I like my knife, Right? And it does what I need it to do as the feature elements of it has more options than I can possibly use. You need both. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't want to get us all off track about the about the DevOps and ITIL and the same coin, but you know, as you talk, you make me you always bring me back. I always think about other episodes and, and I always either by accident or just because I'm you know, a, a masochist one. I'd like, we'll say, well, wait a minute. Do you remember 49 when we talked about COVID-5 and you had that really great graphic? I, I might even still be on the site, I should look. And you had that really great graphic about, yeah, it was. And, and it had all the different operating models and frameworks that could just plug into COVID-5. I know your paper doesn't really go, well, I don't know, I haven't read your paper. It does, actually. It does. You haven't read it. Good. Okay. <laughs> Because right. I define value using COVID-5's definition of value. So it, it's funny you should go there because it actually has, you haven't seen that part yet. Well, no, but I mean, come on, you do practitioner radio long enough you, and you are a practitioner long enough. You start to go, okay, wait a minute, now this is going to go there too. All right, so we won't expand that. Let's just stay where we're at for another minute. Okay. All right, how would an organization, uh, and we've got a great graphic, I think we're allowed to use the technical debt graphic in our... Sure. Uh, okay, so how would an organization... Who, you know, some would say, well, you know, I just don't have the maturity to really handle, uh, you know, a lot of service management, much less take on DevOps. But we do have these two teams. You know, how do you need someone to kind of be the coach who's looking at both teams? Or, you know, I've got this great graphic here of that goes from demand plan, build, run through service orchestration with IT service management being underneath it, with application development, project management being under that, and with ITSM being underneath that. And hopefully people will click out to the site and take a look at this graphic because you can take it and show it to your coworkers and say, oh, okay, this all makes sense. How do we get going with this? And then how do we start to align these two teams who maybe, and maybe it's just media that makes 
seem like they're so separated, or are they aligning naturally? And and if they are aligning naturally, what's what's the hype about? Well, this is the problem. They're not aligned. What this picture shows is a couple of things. Ideal scenario. So ideally, we would have the build value stream where projects are being managed and application development tasks are being built and developed, right? Orchestrated through a series of practices from a strategic portfolio perspective that says, here are the things we need to think about and focus on, and here's the cost relative to doing all this. Then there'd be some aspect of plan where we get into design. Okay, what are the service continuity, the uh, security aspects, the supplier requirements, the service performance measures, what things do we need to build in as non-functional requirements for each project to be aware of. And then as we take these projects, we would then, of course, coordinate and orchestrate their integration into production when they're all flying in at the same different speeds, but in the same airport, right, from various directions. So that's the transition to production. So that would be the ideal is that we'd have all these projects Think of them as like little trains or planes coming in. Uh But the moment they take off, today's world where dev and ops are separate, they all are self-contained trains on their own tracks. They even pretty much ignore the other trains on the other tracks. And they're all heading in with the project manager strapped to the front towards the finish line to production. And they're not orchestrated in any kind of collective or cohesive or consistent way. And so... And it's feature-based, not function, non-functional based. So all the non-functional elements are ne- not necessarily being considered and part of the testing and verification activities for quality assurance. So all these trains racing to the same finish line all come in uncoordinated, unorchestrated. What's going to happen at the landing zone? Is that going to be a soft land or a hard land? Uh, it's going to be not a good train station. No, we have, we've got a train station that's really fragile and it's always in turmoil because of unplanned stuff coming in. Right, or at least uncoordinated or unorchestrated. So we basically have to deal with that on Monday morning. Chris, you know, you were lived in the service desk world. When was the worst day to be on the service desk? Uh, Monday morning or, 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 or right after a change. Um, and there were also some other just anomalous times that were really bad. You, I always noticed that people, and this is interesting because we're in the holiday season, when you were in lower, uh, when we had lower staff, people's problems seem to be more critical. It's almost as if because their coworkers weren't there. So I don't know, maybe the help desk managers out there, I know we got enough of them listen. They know what I'm talking about. But like when the help desk staff is reduced because of holidays, for some reason, the callers who call are more tense. <laughs> it's just like all the problems are exponentially worse. I'm not sure why that is. They smell blood in the water. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, we know there's not enough of you. You know, it's like, okay, calm down. But you said it Monday morning because all the changes went in on the weekend, right? Yeah. Right, so... Yeah. All these changes come in. Now, in this diagram that you have in the show notes, there's three types of work. There's service orchestration, which are all the practices ITSM basically talks about. Then there is the build stuff. And ITSM doesn't have any build process. It only refers to that. And DevOps doesn't have any orchestration. It simply refers to that, you know, bringing operational requirements early into lifecycle. So they both acknowledge the need for each other, but they're, they're not necessarily integrated well. So... All this stuff comes in, it's not well orchestrated, so it hits hard. And so out of the three value streams in this picture, service orchestration, uh, plan, build, and then support, take the average person. He comes to work, she comes to work on Monday. The world has basically gone crazy because of the operational issues that have been now you know, experienced because of the weekend changes. They had planned to work on value-added work. And they came in and their day was thrown out the window. In fact, Monday was a, was a write-off, just dealing with the changes. 
Tuesday, they're catching up because they were taking all of Monday to deal with the fire. If they're lucky, they get back to value-added focus on Wednesday. So the reality is how much time is spent in this non-value-based activity of just reacting to poorly orchestrated and assured releases into production, Mm. right? So now we get to this question of, of technical debt because what if I continue to move into production changes which have not been well thought through for non-functional warranty-based considerations, and they all come in fragile, and they keep elevating the fragility of the operational environment, Mm -hmm. right? So now this is very much a thin crust of ice. Anything can break it because it keeps coming in, right, without these considerations. In fact, there's a a report that just came out that um, we should refer to. I was reading it. I've included some of the visuals in my presentation it's from Puppet Labs, and they just come out with a report. I'll give you the reference here. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually going to the, the Puppet Conference. 2013 State of DevOps Report by Puppet Labs. Mm. Uh, and they make an interesting quote uh, in this paper that they just put out. They basically say that if you keep increasing the release cycle without dealing with the technical debt issues and the production fragility issues – a.k.a. the issues around non-functional or warranty-based considerations, you just aggravate the issue. You don't you don't improve it. Because now everyone spends more and more time in these non-planned support activities. Now, in this picture, there's this person, right? And this person actually has the privilege and honor of being in all three value streams. They're an architect or developer. They spend some time thinking of new things and planning. They spend some time on projects. And then they also get pulled into production support. You know, you've been in that role. Mm. Now, let's just paint this picture. How much of the average listener's time is spent in unplanned support? I did this webinar in Bright Talk just recently, and we can point to that as well. And I had people who I polled say they spent up from 50% to 75% of their week in unplanned support activity. Wow. Half their time is in unplanned support? And Lean calls that waste, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think anybody would call that waste. <laughs> right. So admittedly, and have been had many, many people admit this to me, the average person is spending 50% plus of their time in unproductive activity, meaning the value-added activity that's in the portfolio, right, is not getting attention. Mm. If we don't fix this functional and non-functional balance, we just keep aggravating and more and more time gets spent in this non productive activity. Mm. And this is the whole conversation that Gene Kim and, and Kevin have in their book, right? The, the Phoenix Project. Mm. Dev can't get anything in because ops is always busy. What are they busy with? Dealing with unplanned production issues. Right. This is a sad state of affairs. The only way we're going to reverse this is to kind of push those phone functional early in the life cycle, which by the way, is a dev ops requirement. Where are they going to come from? IT service management. I mean, that's a profoundly different way of looking at your environment when you can come to the realization and I guess the awareness that you have that much time spent supporting that environment. And and it goes back to, you know, I think there's some fundamental questions that just that statistic begs and that's, you know, when, when you're supporting plan, you know, what is planned support? (laughs) You know, and how much, you know, if that, if that's unplanned and and we have planned, what, what amount of time is value add? uh, And how do we ever get to that? (laughs) Well, there is such a thing as aftercare support, right, where a Mm. build team doesn't just toss it over the fence and disappear. They stay with the transition into production for a a planned period of time to basically 
manage through any hiccups because nothing ever goes in smooth 100%, very rarely. So that's planned and a productive activity, right? Aftercare uh, support. But often it gets thrown over the fence without that. And basically people are left to, okay, figure it out. I have to move on to my next project. Mm-hmm. And that's the throw over the fence complaint that, you know, the operations folks often have. Now, here's the challenge. You know, we t- keep talking about organizations adopt ITSM from operations backwards. Mm-hmm. Most will be implementing it from an infrastructure or ops perspective and never get beyond incident problem and change. This is that incident problem and change dance that you and I have talked about. Dance. <laughs> I suppose they Incident dance, problem, yeah. change, stop. Incident problem, change, stop. Yeah. Can, can, right? Now, think about this. You can have the best incident problem and change process in the world, but what are you doing to actually remove the sources of instability in design? Mm-hmm. Zero. That means all you've gotten better at is resolving incidents quicker, finding trends and you know raising flags, but you're not dealing with the non-functional issues which are causing the issues earlier in the life cycle of the dev activity. So you haven't stopped the source of non-production issue. Again, this is in the Phoenix Project book. It's a great book, by the way. Advocate for that. Yeah, so this is recently released book. Um, totally recommend it for anyone who's got this problem. Well, no, I, I remember you want a little side story on the Phoenix Project. Listeners always like little personal stories, don't they? Yeah. So early in the Phoenix Project, uh, when Gene was writing it, he'd contacted me and and I said to him, I said, you know, you have all these great characters, and he'd he'd sent me you know parts of it long before it was ever actually a, a codified book, and him and Kevin and everyone were writing it. I said, can you do me a favor? And he said, yeah. I said, can we create Twitter? accounts for these characters and why the books being written actually have them share their adventure. So when the book comes out, you can then interact with the people. Uh, and it was a brilliant, I mean, I, I think he really liked the idea, but it just never got implemented. So those fictional characters almost had real personas you could interact with. It was because everybody could relate to their story. <laughs> we share their pain. Yeah, it's, I meet people now who actually identify with characters in the book. And they're like, oh, I know X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we all know that person. So Yeah. This is where I'm saying, you know, DevOps has these wonderful goals, which are hugely important. Mm. But ITSM has the answer to the other element, which is the non-functional requirements that they need to bring in early to the life cycle. Well, I, like I, mean, I mean, I just think, you know, it's, it's so fundamentally important that people understand that it's, it's more than just the agility. And like you said, there, there are the three components of the DevOps role that, that we just don't take into play. And, and I think it says... You know, a lot about human nature and, and, and culture that we just focus on, you know, the things that we we feel most disruptive and not not the, the greater picture. But, no, it's true. Oh, well, I, I, I just, you know, you know me, I always... I, um, I do I, I do want to bring you back to that COVID reference you mentioned a few minutes ago. Well, I do, because I thought that was so important, because I thought on the COVID show, I finally, especially with the COVID-5 and the way you explained it, and, and I did check while we were talking... Um, the, the diagram is on the, on, in the show notes. Um, it was so interesting the way that it all did align around COVID. Uh, and COVID really answered a lot of those questions where it allowed for these plug-in frameworks. And as you were talking in the very beginning of the podcast, almost 25 minutes ago, I was like, uh, I kept thinking, okay, what do you say makes sense? What do you say makes sense? But I don't ever remember talking about DevOps when we had the COVID show. So here we go. Now, to be fair to all frameworks out there, now, pretty much mm. all of them. Have- framework, we are framework fair and yeah. <laughs> you won't find pretty much you won't find a framework that doesn't say this but they basically say value is is defined by the consumer not the you know producer it's beauty is in the eye of the beholder right you you, you know you might think you're a beautiful uh person but yeah yeah you might be misinformed but the reality is beauty is in the eye of the consumer 
It's always value. And COBIT probably has the most rounded definition of value of any framework because it has three components which define stakeholder value. One is benefit realization. So here's what we deliver and here's what you expect to deliver. These are the outcomes and you're getting what you expect. The next is risk mitigation. We don't put the organization at undue risk from a confidentiality, integrity, or availability perspective, right? So we don't do crazy things. And the third thing is we we get better at what we do with what we got. It's called asset optimization, right? Become more efficient. So DevOps is really focused on that asset optimization, quicker release cycles, quicker value realization. Uh, That's great. ITIL is more focused, or service management is more focused on benefit realizations because the whole aspect of what are my services in my portfolio and published in my catalog and are they fit for purpose, right? And the whole management of risk relative to non-functional considerations as well as the functional. To answer all three of those requirements for what is beauty in the eye of a stakeholder, you actually have to combine DevOps and ITSM goals together. And, And management of risk. That's right. So that's why I call it uh, DevOps and ITSM defining value from the different sides of the same coin. Do you feel there's more reluctance from the DevOps community to take time to understand the risk mitigation and the stability components of service management? Or, I mean, when I speak to people, what I hear is ITSM people defending ITSM against this, you know, how reckless DevOps can be. And I hear DevOps people talking about, well, how stagnant and slow. And But am I listening for that? Are, are, are there people who are having just the, let's just get a good conversation for the business and, and look at all the different available parts? I mean, someone I really enjoy following online is a guy named uh, Simon, uh, who works over at ServiceNow. He's a developer there. And he actually puts up, you know, all of his, you know, burn meetings and and all these. He just puts it all out online so people can see how he's getting work done. And I learned a lot. And I think you and I had a show just where you made me watch a seven minute video on um, agile, agile thinking. Scrum, yeah. Yep, yep. And and I learned a lot from that that made me not so afraid of it. Yeah. And it actually it seemed more like ITSM if it were like hyper agile, but still really respective of the processes. So it's what the, what is the focus, right? So the DevOps want to focus on the speed aspect of the DevOps. Was that, the, is that, is that I mean, is that the focus? I mean, is there is there a spokesperson or? Well, no. In principle, it's all three themes. Yeah, that's what I think right? too. It's just like it's like project management. It's supposed to be on time, on budget, with quality. <laughs> the right. Third one often gets uh, yeah uh, less time of day, right? Yeah. What's that saying? You can have it fast, good, or I can't remember. That. In in essence, DevOps says all the right things, but the focus is on the speed. ITSM says all the right things, but this focuses on the stability, reliability, and risk, right? So they often go into their own corners based on their own premise of focus area. Operations wants to protect, dev wants to innovate. And which one do you think is more focused on value? Because based on the COVID definition you just gave me of value, COVID seems to be more value-based. Then we have the whole Val IT frame. They both believe yeah. they're focusing on the right parts of value. That's where value has to be defined. Value values in, values in the eye values in the eye of the business stakeholder, not the developer or the runner. Exactly right. It's that's why you have to look at all three components: benefit realization, risk mitigation, and asset optimization. All three together at the right levels that defines value. You know, you know, you know what defines value for me? What's that? Weather. <laughs> 
We're there already, Chris. It's, it's, uh, I'm sorry. I, we're, we're, we're like 29. So I, I keep track. I keep track for the audience. They they want 30 and no more. Okay, we're there. And when we do 30, the shows that are 31 I actually are listened to less. The shows that are 29 a little bit more. I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. Can you handle? Can you do some? Can you? Well, you are now the innovation VP or product. You you can do this. I know you can do this. This is your first time in your new role. But it's time for Troy's Thunderbolt Tip of the Day! Okay, Chris. DevOps and IT service management are really different sides of the same coin. And I personally believe they're mutually supportive and in actual fact codependent and indivisible. Codependent and indivisible, just like Partitioner Radio. Troy, thank you so much. Uh, Our next show will be after the holidays, guys. We'll get that out to you. And on that show, we're going to be taking a look back at all the shows from 2013. We're going to do some uh, look at the shows that were had the most listens. Looking, I even did some statistics this year with uh, my assistant to actually get the shows that were timed differently. So be using SoundCloud statistics. We actually looked at if Troy talked more or if I talked more and which shows were listened to more. So we've got a really interesting look back at how our community is responding to the different topics we talk about and even some kind of creepy stuff. So I'm looking forward to that, Troy. Me too, Chris. That looks, that sounds interesting. Yeah, sorry to spring that on you right at the end of the show. And we will talk to everybody in two weeks. Thanks so much. Take care.